Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Ghost Spider Groupies, the podcast dedicated to Gwen Stacy of Earth-65, also known as Spider-Gwen, and Ghost Spider, where we review her comics, discuss news, and give our opinions about all things Gwen 65. I'm Pax. And I'm Abigail. For this week's Week One update, we actually got some preview pages for Gwenverse number one, albeit they're uncolored and unlettered. But they're fresh right off from Jody Nishijima's proverbial desk. That was a quote. And the first page, it actually shows Gwen facing off what seems to be a variant of the Bodega Bandit. Oh, keeping in mind that these preview pages, they seem to be a little bit of out of sequence, except for the next three. But the last one, it's kind of a time skip. The Bodega Gwen Bandit. Or is it a Gwendega Bandit? A Gwendega bandit. Oh, that's better. That's better. Gwendega bandit. (laughs) So, and the second page, it shows Gwen somewhat looking despondent, just walking in what seems to be her dorm room. Or actually, it might be her dorm room because, well, she's not allowed to go home. Anyway, she's using her ticket to open a portal. Next page, she's entering the portal when something suddenly goes awry with her travel. And then the fourth page... We have her being rescued by Spider-Zero. Let's go. The one that we saw from Jed McKay's Spider-Verse three years ago. Let's go, Spider-Zero. Finally, we're picking up this plot line from this miniseries from two years ago. And the last page, it shows her squaring off against Thor Gwen, where it seems like our girl is worthy of Mjolnir. Yeah, um, or at least the, the Gwen Mjolnir, maybe. Or maybe it's just because um, technically they are the same person, but time travel shenanigans. Yeah, I'm going to say, I, 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 I'm surprised that a spider person is worthy of Mjolnir. They usually got, usually got some stuff going on that stops them from doing stuff like that. But Well, if um, this is 616 time travel, in Donny Cates' run, Mjolnir has been a little bit glitchy with whoever can wield it. You think it's a similar... I, I don't know. I, it looks more like a like they've gone to an alternate reality where um, where Gwen is is Thor, and and that's the Mjolnir. I I don't know. It's it's trippy and and like you say, it does seem like they're out of sequence. Um, yep. I, well, this, um, it does look like they're doing the symbiotes. Uh, they have remembered that Gwen has a symbiote, and Nishijima is using it quite a bit in all the different artwork, which is very cool. I'm enjoying that. But for um, most of the part, even though I'm excited for this, I was thinking when I saw the, the pages, where's MJ? Yes, there's no MJ. Like Gwen's impulse to return home to Earth-65 appears to come entirely from a framed, uh, that framed uh, picture of Peter Parker on her bedstand. Not because of like the pressing need help her friends who are potentially trapped by the jackal so um but the whole fact that she is trapped and away from her universe i don't know hopefully they are continuing on uh that cliffhanger from gwenham versus carnage um or at least something vaguely resembling that although i will say that i'm thinking that the despondent look on gwen's face might be related to mj just in case if I'm just throwing out there that she's in the coma because the trauma of separating from most of the symbiote KO'd her pretty good. Yeah, maybe maybe she's just asleep. Maybe it's like what happened with Green Goblin um, where he does this thing where he gets knocked on the head real bad and he goes to sleep for a while and he wakes up and he, he's not evil anymore and he doesn't remember 
any of the things that were making him evil um, for a bit at least. Maybe it's a bit like that. Like maybe Mary Jane will wake up and be like, oh, I'm not Carnage. Carnage, who? And like later on starts remembering that she's Carnage. Or this is just a long shot. The same thing of what happened in Codex on Earth 1051 after being defeated by Dylan 616. You know, he just reverted back to his normal personality and then coma. Yep. Yeah, the comas, those, those those convenient pacing comas that enable us to delay uh, story arcs for for time, so that we have interesting narrative going on. Those those comas, those pesky comas. And then suddenly, her necklace is working again, even though um, well, it could have been blamed on Null for sabotaging her escape. I mean, it says it's working in terms of like it opens a portal, but it doesn't get it doesn't do the thing. Like it's still not still no functions. So I'm, I don't know. Maybe it's a continuation of that. Like she just makes another attempt, gets halfway through it, and it all goes awry. Even. And then, but but how we have Spider Zero here, a character that has not been sent, seen for three years. Yeah, maybe we should maybe we should do an episode for uh, the Spider Verse anthology uni series. So there's like ten comics called Spider Verse. Um, this is the one uh, where uh, Jed McCain and a few other creators contribute to different issues about different spiders from across the multiverse as a sort of like. Yeah, like an anthology, and the sort of loose running thread through it is uh, Jed McKay's character, Spider Zero, uh, who is like the new. What's her job again? She does a job. She has a. She's the master weaver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's fixing the web of life and destiny, and sort of like the ending of Spider Verse seemed to imply that in the future we could expect, um, like more web of life and destiny stuff because obviously we've had very very little of it during um since spider geddon during the the nick spencer run we haven't really had any of that sort of type stuff which was going on like gauges stuff and slot stuff and um so i guess we'll see where that's going um and because of course it was always very present in 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 the spider gwen run um and, and any spider gwen run really um so yeah i'm interested to see where they go with that and how they bring that back in. I'm, I'm glad they haven't forgotten about that storyline, forgotten about that sort of component of um, the Spidey office. No, it, no, it seems like Tim Seeley did his homework so far. He remembered Spider-Zero. He remembered the symbiote. He remembered that there's something wrong with Gwen's necklace. Okay, yeah, no, like, I, I yeah. And also Jody and Ishijima's art is spot on. Like, honestly, I have no issues really with these these panels and and i've had a lot of issues with what we've heard like pre stuff like tim seeley's uh, as a writer you know i'm you know it could, could go either way um but yeah no this this is, this is a good preview i'm excited for the art nonetheless the art will carry this series alone i think so uh, that'll be good i think this is a uh, getting me my spider gwen anime or i practically this is a ghost spider manga well or manga Mostly just because of the black and white of the preview pages, it looks like a manga. Yeah, they should do a they should do like a one of those those graphic novel those young yeah those young people graphic novels they do for like like DC does a lot of them. Uh, Marvel should do one of those, but it's with it's with Gwen and it's done in a, in, a, in 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 that sort of style, black and white, and it's and it's uh, they get a they get a proper mangaka artist in. But yeah, closest thing to my Ghost Spider anime. This is true. This is true. We'll get that someday. You'll make that someday, probably at this rate. Oh, are you gonna write? Are you gonna be the head writer of the show? I would enjoy that. That would be a fun job. That would be a very fun job. Yeah. 
But um, until that day, uh, we're just gonna have to uh, read through comics. It's still TV in our brain anyway. Yeah, yeah. We, but before we can do those things, we have to read through all uh, two thousand issues that make up the Last Remains event, um, and 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 then we can make a Ghost Spider anime. Okay, I think 2,000 is a bit of an exaggeration. Okay, 1,900 then. Okay. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> on that note, we have been reading through the side stories for the Spider-Gwen comics. Um, so, stuff that Gwen is appearing in outside of her solo title. Uh, right now, we are reading through the behemoth event that is... Uh, in the Nick Spencer Amazing Spider-Man run uh, called Last Remains. Uh, we did the first part last week. Uh, this will be our sort of second part. We're covering, uh, which issues are we covering again? We're covering issues 51, and uh, 52, uh, 53, as well as uh, the sort of simultaneous ser- uh, issues uh, that happen at the same time, 51 LR and 52 LR. So it's five issues overall, um, and you want to read them in the order those numbers are um and uh yeah they're all from the amazing spider-man 2018 run and um yeah it's 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 an event and we're getting into it and it happened so it it happened sort of even though it's retconned it also technically still did happen um it's written by nick spencer in the main book and matthew rosenberg working on those those tie-in uh dot lr issues uh, and it's got art by uh patrick gleason who's very good i like his art and frederico Vinci, uh, vicentini uh, who's also got very good art uh, mark bagley who has art um and um uh, <laughs> um and we're going to be getting into uh, all the nitty gritty of of this chunk of this event, and um, yeah, I'm 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 excited to talk about the event. Yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that sounded like you were being held at gunpoint when you were saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the listeners who don't know, Abigail uh, is forcing me at gunpoint to to uh, enthusiastically endorse Last Remains uh, for three episodes uh, on on this podcast. This is only the second Band Aid packs. <laughs> <laughs> only two of three. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Uh, do we want to do we want to get into the synopsis? Yeah. Okay. Um, alrighty um, so uh, we're going to do a synopsis so as I said uh, you want to read those issues that we mentioned um, uh, crucially uh, if, if you need to sort of like catch up you can uh, check out our reading list um, and look at all of the Spider-Gwen comics we've put them in a handy list in, with notes about chronology and stuff but also um, there's a bit in there about you know where you want to buy it uh, or read it legally uh, such as Marvel Unlimited or Comixology, although maybe not Comixology at the moment, or um, you know how to order from your local comic book store and so that sort of stuff. So uh, let's uh, let's get into it then. Uh, Doctor Strange and Spider-Man fight and apprehend the Kindred possessed Silk. Kindred, speaking through Silk, haunts Strange and Spidey, demanding that Peter confess. Cindy transforms into a monstrous demonic form briefly as the demands for Peter to confess grow louder. Peter asks that Kindred not hurt his friends before Cindy shrinks back down, freed from Strange's binding spell, and flies away. Peter explains to Strange that his allies are his responsibility and he has to be the one to face Kindred's demands for a meeting. Doctor Strange tries to use the hand of Vishanti to empower Peter to use the astral plane to confront Kindred. However, Peter's past deals with the devil prevent him from accessing it. Strange says he will find another way but without Peter there. 
Black Cat helps Peter steal the hand of Vashanti anyway, and the two cast Stranger's astral plane spell. It goes wrong, and Peter is plunged into a nightmare sequence where Mary Jane repeatedly says yes to a marriage proposal, while the Earth swallows him up. Peter wakes to find himself at the location Kindred wants him, with his display of corpses of former friends and family sat for a meal. <laughs> Sin Eater wakes from his guilt-ridden stupor from discovering how he murdered his old police partner to find that his remaining few followers retrieved his unconscious body from Ravencroft. They update him on what's happened while he was passed out, including the rampage of the kindred-possessed spider heroes who have just defeated the new warriors. Doctor Strange discovers the hand of Vishanti is missing, so, realizing her involvement, finds and confronts Black Cat. She insists that she come along with him for his plan to help Spider-Man in exchange for, getting, for him getting it back. Mary Jane, on her way to meet up with Peter, is stopped on the Brooklyn Bridge by a destructive attack from the kindred-possessed spiders attacking the infrastructure. Norman Osborn rescues her from her trapped vehicle right before she passes out. Despite losing Kindred's support, Sinita vows to continue the mission that his demon master gave him in cleansing the world of sin by defeating the Kindred-possessed spiders. Rallying his last supporters by killing a dissenter in their ranks, he sets out to cleanse Morland to gain his spider-hunting powers. Spider-Man launches at Kindred, furious at the desecration of the bodies of his loved ones. He puts all of the physical effort he can in, dealing numerous blows ending with punching clean through Kindred's chest but it's no use. Kindred cannot be stopped, nor hurt, and he merely grabs Peter and brings him back outside. There, the possessed spiders wreak havoc on New York, creating wanton destruction everywhere. More pressingly, Gwen has lifted Miles above her head and is poised to drop him from the Brooklyn Bridge. Peter pleads with Kindred to kill him instead and let the others go. The demon accepts the deal, and the heroes are freed and untransformed, with Miles regaining consciousness mid-fall with enough time to web-swing to safety. Peter has a small moment to note this and express relief before Kindred suddenly snaps his neck. The Order of the Web awake and find themselves scrambling to try and save civilians on the crumbling Brooklyn Bridge. Doctor Strange arrives at the last moment, helping catch those slipping through the spider's fingers. With his magic and Black Cat's assistance too, the team starts to plan to try and find where Peter has gone. Mary Jane wakes up to find herself in Norman Osborn's office. She attacks him until his pleading for Harry's sake convinces her to stop. He claims that the Sin Eater cleansed him of his demons and Dr. Ashley Kafka arrives soon after to back his claims. He believes that MJ can help get through to Harry. Sin Eater's followers brutally break into a science facility containing the remaining samples of the Spider Island virus. They return to him, samples in hand. However, he turns on them, infecting them with the virus. They transform into spider monsters, acting as bait for Morlin. Using the hand of Vishanti, Doctor Strange and the Order of the Web enter the astral plane to go find Peter Parker, while Black Cat stands guard over the relic in the physical realm. The Mary Jane entity from Peter's nightmare sequence there watches from afar. Peter finds himself stuck in a dream sequence of a memory from long ago where he attends a party for Harry Osborn returning from Europe. Meanwhile, Kindred briefly visits Normie in his sleep before heading back to wake up Peter. It dawns on Peter that Harry could be Kindred right before he is awoken. Peter doesn't want to believe it's him, but Kindred insists on it, removing his mask and revealing Harry's face, uttering the phrase he used to torment Peter during his stint as the goblin, Gotcha. <laughs>
Alrighty. That... There's <laughs> too many shock reveals. I, I, I've, been, I've been reading Nick Spencer's Amazing Spider-Man. There's so many shock reveals. There's shock reveals all of the time. Everything is a shock reveal. Everything so, is a dun-dun-dun moment. So this is practically a Russian nesting doll? It is. It is. It's It's a dun-dun-dun, and then it's within a dun-dun-dun, within a dun-dun. It's dun-dun-dunception. That's what it is. Um, I'm, I, yeah, sort of, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a book. I, I don't, the thing I don't understand pacing-wise, why they choose to have two different reveals that Harry Osborn is kindred in the same event, right? Why they've done it. They did it last last episode. We read it and they were revealed Kindred is Harry Osborn. Um like there's that secret Norman reveals it. And there's like the second reveal for Peter Parker to find out. And it's this whole thing. It takes a whole issue up, right? That last paragraph is literally just issue number fifty-three that we read out there. Um it, it's a whole issue just to warm up to a reveal they've already made. I don't understand it. Yeah, I think last episode it was just Norman's belief because he says to Ashley that um he believes Kindred is his son, and even though um later on when we do um uh, get the reveal that it was Sarah and Gabriel, this is really Gabriel here, um mm-hmm. but we didn't know that back then. He says that um Kindred is his son. Technically, that's true because um like it or not, Gabriel is considered Norman's son. Definitely the the biological father. Um, but I I I think it's 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 strange. Like the pacing gets really wacky here. Um, I, I am I am like uh, I I'm 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 just I get really like I remember I remember this was the point in the event issue number fifty three was the point in the event where I where I sort of just found myself really questioning what what they were trying to do with with the book um because up until that point i kind of been like yeah this is this there's some good stuff going on here but yeah like this this is a really this is such a strange sequence and it's not real like it's not a thing you know it got retconned out anyway so you're like they spent so much energy on this reveal that they make two different times because it's that big of a deal of a reveal and then it's not it's a fake out and you're like there is, and, and it's not just like a, this isn't just an arc. This is, how many issues are we doing? Um, In total for this yeah. event? Yes. 16. We're doing 16 issues for this event. 16 issues spent on building up this confrontation between this demonic resurrected Harry Osborn, who is not real. Who isn't, who is, like Nick Spencer yeah. knew this when he was writing this. Like Harry Osborn was not kindred. But 16 issues spent on this reveal and on this confrontation and for what you know what does kindred gain from it what is what does what is what is narratively you gain from revealing kindred as harry what does peter learn like and you're like you, you just i feel baited in into feeling excited about every new reveal that they hint at along the line once they reveal this reveal it's like you know will they do one more day next it's like it's, because this made me question um okay if this is really harry then who's the harry that we've been following since dan slot's run yeah and 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 obviously they they get into that later on in the in the next spencer uh stuff but really that's the kind of thing you want to be using it like like issue number 53 is entirely dedicated to harry osborne like backstory stuff and really they should have been doing that there they should have like they have it's not it's not that they don't have enough comic to do all of the work in and like provide the the kind of narrative depth that would make this satisfying. It's just they're not using it. 
for more than what they would have used an arc for. They've just stretched it out. And and the the more interesting stuff ends up happening in the side issues now because because that's where you've got a fresher sort of um like head going in with with Rosenberg writing a sort of side sequence with Morlin and that. Um, you know, they they've 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 got um they've got sort of more ideas going on there whereas in the main book it just becomes like like trauma porn almost where like pete is just getting like messed up over and over and over again in like uh like like some kind of angsty fanfic um and you're like what's going on here this is this is 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 mad yeah because yeah the the dream sequence is a retelling of uh, asm 545 if i believe correctly yeah, that is that is a throwback. That is a throwback. Never let it be said that Nick Spencer doesn't doesn't do the reading. Like you wouldn't have any worry about Nick Spencer forgetting about the continuity. Oh no, it's been very clear that Nick Spencer has done his homework very well. Even early on in his run, he brought back past people that you wouldn't think to th- come up with. Like for example, Mendel Strom. Uh, there's also Nora Winters. Um, mm. I think all of the animal themed villains that Craven used in Hunted. Yeah, yeah, a lot of those are really obscure. Yeah, there's um yeah, no, like you like Nick Spencer's probably he he he's got a really good head knowledge of like Spidey and the kinds of relationships um that I think you would expect Spidey to have with these people at this point after all this stuff that's happened. Like he has a good feel for that. Like I don't I don't ever feel for a moment that like Peter is being written out of context or any of like any anything to that effect but it just it just feels like most issues tend to be like a pacing thing or like where they're assigning weight within the narrative just feels all really really off Um, and you really feel it in this middle point of the story and it's not until 20 issues later when it's like 73 and 74 when you find out it's been the stacy twins all along Right. <laughs> that 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 of course that um at that point now you're thinking, oh now that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And it sort of it comes together a bit more like cuz cuz obviously I remember when this came out my initial gripe was with it was just that like they were they were resetting all of that work that Harry had done like we've already had Harry coming back evil like I don't know how many times but they'd sort of they, they were sort of going back on that. But obviously like they they were doing other stuff. Um and that was sort of just, you know, it came out to be a different sort of thing um but but at the same time like i don't that retcon then undermines this book I, so you know it's a whole thing well um well things happened so and um it can't be taken back so yeah no it well i mean it got taken back a little bit um but but i you know who knows other writers coming in can yeah we'll, we'll see what happens um with the wells run which is coming soon um but yeah uh should, do we want to do we want to break down what happens to each of our characters here yeah um let's start with the uh the star of our show uh, gwen ghost spider here who um she's barely in this portion she spends 60 percent of this portion being demonized running around breaking stuff yeah i I remember when this um this was coming out um i just remember that the anger of having bought this run uh to find out what's happening to gwen um after after her after the ghost spider book was cancelled and just finding this book where they had like completely manhandled the character to the point where she's this this demon thing running about um 
just just the level of disappointment I felt. Very strange decision making. And when she was about to chuck Miles off of the bridge and unmask herself, I think that was just a brain fart for me when uh, uh, her eyes looked like it had the null spiral. Yeah. Um, but that's completely unrelated to what Kindred was doing. Actually, I think I, rem- I, I remember, I that might be like one of the first times we ever interacted was on like a Discord server or something where I, I saw that panel and we, yeah, I, rem- I remember that thought. Like it looks spirally, it looks like they thought they might be doing something with that. But yeah, this is a really strange sequence, right? Um, yeah, the bridging sequence where, where I don't know to raise the stakes. Kindred has Gwen hold up Miles like um, Goblin held Gwen six one six up above the bridge and throw him off, um, and she even gets like a Goblin face for it as well with the spirals and. Um, Miles is sort of kind of just passively letting it happen, and it's really, really strange. And so Pete essentially just lets he lets Kindred win off the back of of that. And yeah, I'm thinking like this is the plan. You let me chuck you off the bridge, and then yeah, uh, yeah. She's, she's I, I, I. It's, it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's. This is the thing. Like when you actually think about the logistics of like having to communicate all of these different things out, it, it, it's really wacky, and it makes my head spin. Um, I, yeah, like the kindred felt that he had to do all of these other things before having this kind of confrontation in the way that he did. Yeah, what was what's going on? Because. Yeah, the only part of this portion when Gwen actually gets a speaking role was 52LR. Yeah, um, and um, it, yeah, from this point on, I will say, like, I remember at the time thinking that all of the LR issues were going to be like this, um, but obviously they, they fix it now. Uh, from this point on, Gwen and the team get something to do where they have at least some appearance of agency. And yeah, like, obviously... Um, Previously, uh, Gwen was playing uh, devil's advocate quite literally, and sort of saying that like they shouldn't uh, they shouldn't interfere with what Pete's doing. But but now it's like now the sort of overwhelming pressure of what whatever's happening and Pete's disappearance means that like she's in favor of intervention again. Um, so there is there is a little bit of characterization for her and and in like that speaking role for a little bit. And did you catch some passive aggressiveness from Jess towards Gwen when she's like, all right, Gwen, no 12 angry men routine this time, right? Yeah, you have to imagine she gets, yeah, she she she, she sounds sort of peeved. I like their, the, their dynamic together. I do wish, I do wish these characters got to talk more to, with each other somewhere. Like, I, you know, th- these, these are the first times they've really interacted properly since what, like Spider-Women? Um, so, yeah, no, I, um... But, but yeah, I guess it's not not really the panel space for all of that. But yeah, like I do, I do like that they get to talk with each other again by the end here, and that they are having some kind of interesting discussion as well. It's, yeah, and yeah. I had to look up Twelve Angry Men. I knew that was a movie, but I didn't know the plot. And I found out that um the plot of the movie was um this jury they're trying to de- decide the verdict of this uh, um this boy who's accused of killing his dad, mm-hmm. and one of the jurors casts considerable doubt. Yeah, so uh, so all of them, but that one juror at the beginning are like, oh, oh, that we gotta give the kid a guilty verdict, and then that that one juror turns them all around on it with, 
with uh, persuasion and uh, moral deliberation and stuff. I, at least that's, that's that's what I've always understood Twelve Angry Men to be. I haven't seen it myself, uh, the uncultured uh, person that I am. But um, but yeah, uh, it yeah. seems like um you know, Jess is like the most bitter towards Gwen for going against the plan. <laughs> Yeah, I think I don't. I don't know if Nick Spencer has done the level of research that he's done for the sort of main Spider canon for these other characters, but he's definitely got a feel for their respective vibes. Like I don't, you know, the vibes don't feel off for these characters. But but I think logically, um, this would have taken place um right after Strike Force, but before Carla Pacheco's run, because Jess is still in her classic costume, and um. Well, she's not as grumpy as she used to be at the beginning of uh, Pacheco's run. Well, the, there is a sort of like I, I think they the, the the way they they wrote in the black suit in that run uh, is they kind of wrote it where it's leaving scope for Jess to be able to still wear her red suit. Sometimes that black suit is technically her. Um, it's like her mercenary suit when she's being paid to work that's when she that's technically at least that's what it was initially billed as and then it just becomes a black suit arc um for the sort of latter half of that run um but yeah uh it's there is in theory she could still be appearing wearing the red suit in other comics happening at the same time she could have the whole serum thing going on right now without us knowing about it because on the covers it does show jess in her black suit um Let's have a look. Uh, I think if you look at 50LR, it shows her in her black suit. You know, I thought that was Matty Franklin. But no, she dead. I know she is, but I think it looks like somebody put Matty... It looks like Sarah Pacelli put Matty Franklin on the cover of 50 and 51LR. I think that I think it's because of the hair. Yeah, the hair seems off. Yeah, maybe it is Jess. Um, yeah, the, the, I will say this, the Sarah Pacelli covers as cool as Sarah Pacelli's uh, art is. These um, designs and characters look far removed from what we actually see in the books. Like, they don't they don't resemble uh, Vincenzini or, or Gleason's uh, demon-possessed uh, spider heroes at all. Um, but it's, 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 it's like, it feels like they all sort of got, like, base notes for the concept and then still kind of ran with it respectively. Yeah, it seems like everyone got a different note on what the demons should look like. Yeah, and I will say it gets really weird um, in uh, 51 with Cindy. Uh, what is going on there? Like, like Cindy, because obviously they all, they're all deformed to a point where they have like demon teeth and demon ears and maybe like kind of like a mottling on the skin and like messed up eyes. Um, Cindy has a thing where she has like a sideways mouth like in her mask like her mask is part of it but there is this really strange sequence where cindy visits strange and and spidey at the sanctum sanctorum and they bind her up and she gets out of it by transforming into a gigantic um demonic form that like completely like shocks strange and like leaves spidey kind of speechless and looks extremely powerful and then just like detransforms back into her sort of more regular looking demon form and flies off we have no reference to this ever again at no other point is this touched upon that the demon possessed uh kindred people can transform into gigantic monsters no i think that's more on kindred's end than cindy's end yeah and and yeah it just like it doesn't feel like the the whole uh possession thing has a sort of internal logic to it like it can just it's really strange. Not it, you know, 
mostly I feel like um that the order they're actually being lobotomized. Yeah, yeah, and and the complete uh, deprival of agency, I think, is is what feels most egregious because essentially they've they have shoehorned these characters into this event. Like I I I really like the 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 the, the kinds of focus they're using. It does feel like the kind of very side, um, it's very much side on the side here, um, and um, and and essentially kind of use them as like like a kind of yeah, like they take their agency away and then just use them as emotional blackmail for Pete's trauma, yeah. and, and that's not compelling really f- for those characters. That just, yeah, they kind of handle yeah, it. Yeah, it's because all in all, the order being demonized, it's to serve as a distraction for Pete. Yeah, and I don't, I don't enjoy that use of those characters. Like they didn't need all of them for that. In f- and they don't like honestly like i just I, I feel like overall this event could have been a lot tighter uh and and one of the ways it just get, it comes from the fact that like, the order of the web is like was like five people and um they, 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 they're all being roped into being uh like it's not bridging but it's the same principle right where you use the suffering of like of people who are not the white male lead um to compel the white male lead to like do things and have angst and stuff um like it's the same same uh principle right and and yeah it just kind of sucks i don't enjoy that could have been worse ben could have been in there he originally was yeah yeah and ben 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 has been through so much like all of these characters have been through so much already they're going through a lot in their own books and and here they are just getting used and abused in the amazing Spider-Man title. And this is the problem. And and I, we mentioned it in past episodes from the sort of like bit we've been doing where we look at like side appearances of Gwen. If it's an amazing Spider-Man title, you have this really consistent phenomenon of the writer um, just getting so caught up in making Peter the focus and making everything about Pete's guilt and Pete's trauma um, that they end up roping other characters into that endeavor and and underusing them or underserving them, um, and, and 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 yeah, it's unfortunate. Remember, this is Gwen's quote from the Latour one: um, uh, "When Peter Parker gets involved, everything becomes about him." Exactly, and that quote is consistent. That is a that is a very solid criticism that you can make of these books, um, and 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 of many Spider-Man books. Where um, I'm I'm kind of relieved that they didn't end up showing in Sinister War because I I imagine it probably would have been the same thing, um, and uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm just I was glad that hopefully this won't happen again. I don't think they'll do this again. No, I think if you brought in the order into Sinister War, because there are already these uh, Sinister Sextets, because there were six Sinister Sixes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, bringing in the order would have turned it into an orgy. It, it already was. Honestly, at that point, you're just adding more flavoring with the Order of the Web as well. Even if they were there, it, I don't think it would have changed the outcome of the story. It's just like with um, um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, if you take Indy out, it's going to happen the same exact way. Yeah, and this, there is that feeling there that like, Kindred is so omnipotent, like he is so powerful. That he's like the Ark of the Covenant. He's, literally, he's got like divine levels of power um, and that like, li- like nothing that Pete can do is going to change these like really convoluted... like. plots he comes up with to traumatize him Uh, like he could just sit back and let the punches hit him and things would probably pan out in the same way and to an extent he kind of just does let that happen he gets his neck snapped at the end of this 
we were talking about Gwen earlier. How did we get to this point? Because we pivoted from Gwen to like the Order more broadly to um, to Pete taking like traction away from them. Uh, well, oh, oh yeah, that makes sense because uh, since he's involved, things become about him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, 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 there's, there's not a lot of Gwen content here. Um, the, at least not like the first. I think, I think it's pretty much it's mostly in the first portion of this event. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I, this is, this is like last remains encapsulates a lot of what I don't like about when side characters kind of get used, um, like this. Uh, it really, really frustrates me. I think because. Because obviously you don't you don't want to put that all on a writer. You don't want to put um, like all of this like expectation on a writer. You know, like because obviously Gwen's not been used in a book in a while, and he's not been used in a book in a while. Um, Jess and Miles have things going on in their books. Uh, Madam Web hasn't been used in a while. Like like he he's you know he doesn't necessarily want to have to sign up to the responsibility of carrying the characterizations of those characters. Um, um, but at the same time, I feel like if he's going to bring them in. Um, he's, he's, you know, he's got to give them something to play with, something to do, um, and and to then not do that, and then just make them, just just really put them through the ringer, and then not really have them like unpack that either. Um, just feels really unfortunate. Uh, starting out this event felt kind of okay with them, like at least in terms of they had speaking roles, they were thinking, they were like agents within the story. Um, and, and you know, even though it's still very Peter Parker focused, what was happening, it was still, you know, still Spider-Man um, and they're still very preoccupied with what Pete's doing and all of that. Like, at least they were doing, at least they were doing stuff. But here, they're just being, there's meat puppets for yeah. Kindred. And I think the only consolation we get is that in the next portion, our part three, our conclusion, uh, well, Gwen and the Order do get a little bit more play. Yeah, yeah, they do. And I, I am interested to reread that again. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I think that's um, everything for Gwen. I think, well, since everything becomes about Peter Parker anyway. Well, we're off the deep end anyway. Let's talk about him. Yes. Uh, so I, I kept thinking they were going to reveal some stuff to do with one more day in this event. Um, well, it was alluded to when Strange asked Peter if he made any deals with demons in the past. Yeah. And um, they they don't. They do, do they do it later on in the run? Do they do one more day? Do they just let Pete find out? No, the only uh, thing that's there is that is Doctor Strange keeps confronting Mephisto, asking what's wrong with Peter Parker's soul. That sucks. Like I feel like this run really, like this run felt like it was poised to tackle one more day, and I don't, I don't think it is. But no, uh, yeah, yeah. The only thing that tackled was uh, everyone was thinking it was one more day when in reality it was since past. I am. Yeah, no, I, I, it, it really, it felt like they were going to go in that direction with it, and in this, they reference it so much. Like, it felt like One More Day was going to get resolved in this event. I remember reading it back at the time. That was how people felt. That was the energy in the air, and the fact that they never actually do it at all is strange. Because in Mephisto's perspective, uh, One More Day was to serve as, um, it's to serve as protection for him because in a possible future, uh, Mayday was the one to usurp his position. And one more day is just to um, prevent that from happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I, I feel like this is sort of a meta narrative going on here, where Peter Parker is not allowed to develop, lest 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 these new characters come in. Well, although in the original timeline, Mayday was still born, so um, I don't get how one more day is supposed to prevent that future from happening. Well, unless if it's um, Annie, who just happens to look like Mayday in that picture. There is that. Honestly, it, it could it could just be another kid who became Spider-Woman. Um, like, it's not... Yeah. There could be a third kid. Or it could be, like, because um, it is a Spider-Girl in that vision, so a Parker daughter is prophesied to usurp Mephisto. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's something... I, I, just, I just don't know. The, the internal logic of it just it feels kind of messy. It just feels really all over the place. Reading this book, I... I'm trying to keep up with like what it's trying to do with these different narratives and it's touching on so many different things and it's, and yet it feels like it's not doing anything. Like it feels like it's very static with everything. And, and it does feel like, um, you know, if Pete did nothing in that moment, that literally the same outcome would happen. Um, Cause he lets loose on Kindred. Like he get like we see Pete, you know, it's always about like how Pete pulls his punches because he's super strong. And if he punches a criminal in the face, then he might kill him. Um, well, well in this, like he gives Kindred all of those completely like unpulled punches, right? Full, fully punches clean through his chest. Does nothing. And I think uh, later uh, punches through his whole face. Yeah. It's, it's brutal. Actually, I do enjoy the Kindred versus Peter fight, but then you sort of get to the end of it and you realize there's no weight to what Pete's doing. The Kindred is just letting him do it, and then he kills Pete, and he brings him back, and it's his whole thing. Yeah, well, remember, Mephisto gave Gabriel and Sarah um, demonic power, so I guess that involves nigh invulnerability. Yeah, and, and it just it kind of feels like they gave Kindred, like, like he has an open like checkbook to just have whatever power he needs in that moment to bring back whatever villain he wants to throw at Pete for a bit before he messes with him or messes with some of his allies a bit. And then he makes some kind of shock reveal, but there's still more to reveal. And then he like vanishes into the darkness. And he does this so many times in this run. It, it, it is mad. I, I, I don't, I don't get it. And, and yeah, but when Pete was fighting Kindred, he should have gotten the page out of Thor's book and gone for the head. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like, you have to ask yourself, is Kindred killable? Like, can Kindred be physically stopped? Is that a thing which could happen? Well, even though you can't kill what's already dead, um, Gabriel and Sarah were very much alive because comics. And, uh, yeah, it seems like um, they could be killed if you have got the right tools or if you have the right strategy. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously they do come up with something at the end of Last Remains, but, but, like, I don't, you know, I don't get the feeling that, like, they've really considered, you, you know, what are Kindred's limits or... Yeah, what, yeah, what are a demon's limits? Like, if, if you had to sit, like, I'm sure if you look at, like, the powers and abilities section for Kindred on, on his wiki, it looks ridiculous. I'm, I just, I, 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 I don't, yeah, the, 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 there's a really strange thing going on. You also have to take in mind that technically, uh, Goblin Formula is running through their veins. 
Yeah, there is that. And and yeah, basically, yeah, so Pete doesn't know any of this. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know what's being revealed, really. And he's just kind of, he just kind of just, he, he sits there, reacts, cries a bunch, poor guy. Like, because he's, he's going through it. He's getting really hurt. And, and there's nothing he can do. There is nothing Peter can do in this event to stop any of this from happening. And it's, yeah. Yeah, he just begs to be killed. And uh, I'm just going to break into song. In this context, it's been Gabriel all along. And I killed Peter too. Ha, ha. I'm not going to do the laugh. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, it's, just, yeah, it's just, it's just brutal. It's brutal, and I and and I'm reading it, and it's just it's just it, it yeah. I if you're a Peter Parker fan, what do you get from like if you're a Peter Parker fan, like if he is your favorite character, what do you get from the next Spencer Amazing Spider-Man run? What do you get from Lester Moon's misery, misery, misery? For real, it it is it it is is just it is that it it is it is it's miserable, and like a lot of people are like. Because obviously, sometimes it does feel like, like fans kind of shoot down. Like maybe some of the more times where like Pete prospers a bit too much. Like the CEO thing, obviously too far. And and I remember like when MCU Spidey, like at the end of No Way Home, when he comes home and he's he's in his like empty, empty flat with with nobody who knows his identity. Um, <clears throat> like you know, obviously people were pleased at that, but like th- there is a certain point where it's like too far, right? Like you can't make Pete just suffer for the sake of suffering, and it just. This is what this event feels like. I think this is just because uh, I don't know what was in Nick Spencer's head at the time. I think this is just to uh, sell, to make us believe that uh, uh, Harry's getting his revenge. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you, you do, yeah, there is that. And I guess there's more to come with that sort of front as well, which is going to be interesting. Yeah, because... Uh, because all in all, um, it was really the twins who were out for revenge because, you know, they keep making a Pete confess to what he did and Pete doesn't know. Yeah, here's the thing. Where's the, where, how is Kindred winning from this? Is he getting the, um, like, you know, is, is, he, is he like Gabriel or, or Gwen? Are, are they getting satisfaction from any of this? You know, are they, are they getting what, like they want out of this emotionally speaking are they finding the resolution they want i think it's because you know um the sin that was revealed was uh, how peter forgot about them and gabriel and sarah i guess at some point they found out what they really were and then hate then started to hate everyone for that yeah it's 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 yeah i i the, the internal logic of it doesn't quite line up and and i think it's so preoccupied with having these mysteries and these these reveals to make with shocking the reader in new and different ways that it it doesn't have a heart it doesn't feel earnest in its presentation of any of these characters um after a certain point it's just yeah i feel like in peter's perspective maybe he was trying his hardest to forget about the twins yeah they did kind of get brushed under the rug uh by editorial and yeah that's uh so, so there, there, there are there are a whole thing. Um, but from the twins' perspective, remember that the uh, fabrication was um, when they were being raised by Norman. They thought that Peter was their father, and he killed their mother Gwen, and then that's why um, they set out to kill him. Is that in in the initial sins past stuff? Yeah, in the initial sins past. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Like, because they've technically already done this. Then they've already, they've already, they've already done it. Um, uh, so yeah, I, do, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know where they're, 
their their heads were at with um this and and i don't i i i appreciate maybe there's stuff later on in the run but like there's just yeah it just feels confusing at this point and the narrative payoff just isn't there should we talk more about uh kindred slash gabriel since we're already um getting into him um yeah so uh yeah so it's gabriel right and he's got if I'm, this is right. This is the chameleon, chameleon stuff. Yeah, he he's got chameleon serum just to impersonate Harry. I guess Mephisto forgot to give him and Sarah everything. Right. Um. Yeah. So. Um. They. Yeah. So. So he's he's pretending to be Harry, and he's doing all these things to make him make everybody think that he's Harry. Um. And the book's clearly about like Pete's relationship with Harry to some point like there's the number 53 is um is like the harry flashback issue right and it's all drawn by mark bagley as well so it's got more of a nostalgic vibe to it because obviously he's a he's an older spider-man artist um and um yeah like that's you know i i I give mark bagley a hard time his art's fine i have no issues with it it's fine I, I shouldn't I shouldn't have given him a hard time. <laughs> no, but no, but um would you say you would prefer Spider-Man Mark Bagley or Venom Mark Bagley? Venom Mark Bagley. I liked I like Mark Bagley's stuff on the Venom. I yeah, his uh, the stuff he did on Venom uh with Kate's run and in particular and also the stuff he did for Spider-Man Life Story. Spider-Man Life Story is a beautiful mini series. That's mm, what Mark Bagley yeah. drawn. I do think Frank Damata is coloring both of those things so that may be um coloring my opinion on them as well because uh, i really like frank damata um, oh no i think no frank martin did uh, uh bagley's colors for venom oh right okay i'm getting my franks mixed up well anyway the colors the colors in those were good sometimes like i i, I feel like an ultimate spider-man a lot of a lot of the stuff in there i didn't like um like early bagley stuff like there's something there's something that something in the shape of the faces he draws that just completely throws me sometimes but yeah but by and large 53 is this like um yeah mark bagley kind of carries it a lot of it's not got a lot of speech in it um and it's just like really nostalgic issue where like peter is in like this dream sequence that's like in a more like it like it becomes more and more like psychologically stressful like it like he starts to realize he's in more and more of a dream sequence and it's getting more and more um surreal until it sort of culminates with him in the dream, realizing that like Pete, that Pete, that Harry is kindred, or at least he thinks Harry is kindred. Yeah, it's because of the uh, changed word. The original line was, "Do you know what the worst thing about rehab is?" And then, um, in this issue, a rehab is changed to hell. Yeah, that makes sense. But um, like either way, I'm thinking even even though I've never been to rehab nor hell, uh, the line after that is, "The party suck." Yeah, they do. They do for real. And yeah, it's um yeah, I yeah, it's uh it's it's um I I am yeah, I I don't know what it's it's difficult to talk about Kindred's characterizations because so many of them are fake. I don't understand why he visits Normie. I that re- that's the part which really throws me. Why is he invested in Normie? Cuz this is Gabriel, so um visiting his half nephew who he's never met before. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, that's the thing. Like all of this stuff here is just when you look back at it through the lens of some like when there's been like a big re-reveal or whatever. I like being able to go back through that story 
before the reveal and being able to spot those different moments um which were hinting toward that right yeah and i want to go back to my mentality of a uh, kindred being uh gwen 616 when uh when he told pete that for all he knew um he could be standing right in front of him and and that panel just concentrated on gwen's corpse yeah exactly like if you if you go back and you 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 read this stuff. You don't get the vibe that oh yeah, of course it was Gabriel and Sarah Stacy the entire time. That makes perfect sense. Like, that's what you should get from a reveal. Since you go back through it and you still go back through it thinking, oh, this is Gwen. Oh, this could also be Harry. Like you know, you you, you don't you don't get the impression that it's 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 Gabriel or Sarah. It's it's like, yeah, um, it's it's a really strange comic to read in hindsight, and and oftentimes. Uh, I find that like a controversial run, once it's finished, once it's wrapped up or it's plot threads, it's usually a lot of some of the issues are fixed that like people people are raising because because it's ended and you know they've been able to address certain things. I don't get that feeling with Amazing Spider-Man. Like like this event feels really strange to read. Like and and immediately the realization that um, that like uh, Kindred was in fact somebody who was not Harry it, it undermines this whole event because this whole event is essentially dedicated to this reveal that they do not keep to well, well technically with uh kindreds you could say uh, well would you call the stacy twins more as stacy's or would you uh also call them technically osborne's i don't i i don't want to call them i they, they don't have any real connection with with gwen at this point do they nothing but dna and their last name yeah, she's just like yeah, she just just a, just the donor for for the for the DNA. Yeah, so I I don't I don't I don't like honestly. As I'd ask the twins, I just say to the twins, "What do you, what do you want your surname to be at this point?" Um, <laughs> no, I feel like if the twins went on Maury, <laughs> like this would that would be a really bizarre episode. Yeah, it's I'm I'm scratching my head, scratching my head. Wait, do you even know what Maury is? I presume it's a daytime television show uh, where um, folks come on and talk about their family beef with their family also on the same panel and get into arguments and potentially they'll bring out a DNA test live on show. Yeah, that's actually pretty spot on for the most part. It's finding out whether people are the father or not. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we 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 used to have a similar show in the UK, but it uh, it got cancelled because those shows end up going to really dark places. Um, <laughs> if you do that to people on live television, oh, oh, that and lie detector tests. Oh, that yeah, that kind of stuff. Honestly, it, it it's got that sort of level of shallowness to a lot of this. Honestly, um, yeah. Um, what else we got here? We got Mary Jane in this. Um. Can we talk about Mary Jane? Yeah, and when she was first confronted by Norman in the office, I'm like, go, MJ, you know, when she was beating him up with the lamp. Yeah, I enjoy Nick Spencer's Mary Jane Watson. Nick Spencer writing Mary Jane Watson, very good at that. And yeah, all of the interactions that she has here, and she's distrustful of Norman, all of that, I'm enjoying it. It's good stuff. And she has every right to be. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, Mary Jane has been ambushed by so many creepy villains in the dark at this point that, like lampshade beating is 100 percent very in line with what you'd expect and and yeah no i I like i like i like how they use it well once she beat up chameleon with a baseball bat that's great that's great which comic was that in 
No, that was way, way back in the, like uh, during uh, her and Peter's married days. Gotcha. Yeah. Um... And then I think um, there was this one panel in uh, Mary Jane Black Hat Beyond where um, they're on this whole montage of tracking down villains. I think, um, if I recall correctly, she beats up Shocker with a baseball bat. Damn. Damn. I love Mary Jane Watson. But I'm thinking, like, a bat on Shocker, though. Yeah, that, um, I mean, I feel like the mattress costume might actually make sense if you're getting beaten up on the regular by baseball bats. But I think, um, for exaggeration, I think there was a bump on a Shocker's forehead. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Um... <laughs> But yeah, either yeah. way, go MJ. Yeah, no, enjoying MJ like spontaneously beating people up is my favorite trope. Um, she does it in the Spider Man comics too. Um, well, more yeah. brutally when she's Carnage. Oh yeah, definitely more when she's Carnage. Yeah, um, yeah, and there's also a second MJ in this where who's who's chilling on the astral plane. That yeah, because this is the one more day stuff as well coming in again where um, the, the 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 like there's this like instance this like repeating clip of mj saying yes to peter's marriage proposal uh, but she's actually like evil and living out in the astral plane um and we get and... to see more of demon mj in the next uh episode yeah yeah we'll look forward to that yeah like this may be a spider gwen podcast but but that doesn't mean we're opposed to mary jane she's still she's still a good character she's a good love interest yeah even though this isn't the mj that we talk about all the time on the show yeah yeah not the cool one admittedly not to say that this mj isn't cool yeah well yeah this mj is cool she's an actress she beat up uh like lots of villains she even got to um take down electro a peg albeit with help from carly cooper yeah and and she's still keeping this whole secret about she she made a film with mysterio <laughs> yeah how she's up uh, like she's been keeping that a secret ever since um i think in sinister war that's when she divulges but yeah she's practically in bed with mysterio and figuratively not literally for all you dirty minded freaks out there yeah i am um, yeah not yet is in sinister war the reveal is is made there um at the last moment they i think they get as far as the premiere and all it's yeah it's, it's, it's kind of wild um there's also a uh, black cat um in this as well yeah, and it was pretty um, smart of Peter to uh, uh, go to her first, then go to Doctor Strange. Yeah, like, I like how Pete has, like, go to ally. Like, this is the, this is also my problem with bringing in the audio of the web. Like, Pete does already have pretty, like, go-to allies that he often, like, brings in. Uh, like, Doctor Strange, obviously being one of them, and Black Cat being the other. And, um, and was, you know, there's other people as well, but, um, yeah, I... I I like I like how they're being used here, and I like the idea that he's playing them off against each other so that he can get the assistance he needs. It's like when you're playing your parents against each other. If it's like um, you ask your mom for something, she says no, so you go to your dad, like you go around her. Yeah, and it's more funny when your dad says no, and he's like, "Ask your mom," and then it's like, "You could not live with your failure." Where did that bring you? Back to me. <laughs> right and um yeah i and i i, I like the idea of um of black cat like looking at the sanctum sanctorum and being like just really intrigued and and wanting to steal all of the artifacts in there well she stole from there before during uh jed mckay's uh first volume on her run i think she was contracted by i think it was 
uh, I read it was from Black Fox, um, who t- um who told her to go steal the deed to Manhattan. Yeah, um, I think I think Black Fox is in a lot of the the Jed McKay Black Cat stuff. I think they relate yeah. to something, or, or he's a mentor. Yeah, mentor. Ah, um, uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's, um. Yeah, and Black Fox told her to go steal the deed to the island. Yeah, no, that was um. Yeah, I, I yeah I liked how she's used there. Um, that was clever, and obviously Doctor Strange uh, is getting play as well. Um, he's he's on the case with the one more day stuff, which mm-hmm. apparently doesn't get a resolution. Um, and uh, he actually I really like it where he like this is there is a funny bit where there um the ominous face thing, where um where Pete says that I'm worried you're gonna pull that ominous face or something to that effect. And he's like I don't have an ominous face and like. Like then, Patrick Gleason has drawn him with the most ominous looking face. And then he's like later, for the record, this is my ominous face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's good. I like I like I like how they use that. It's really interesting. And it seems like a recurring gag that Doctor Strange keeps getting stolen from Black Cat because uh well she does it again during King and Black when well she steals bats from the sanctum. Yeah. Um well, mostly that's just to go jailbreak him from Null's prison. Right. But the, the fact that she broke into the Sanctum yet again. Right. Yeah, no, that's, um, yeah, I, it's, it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I, yeah, they, they, I like, I like, I like the idea of them two having a rivalry and Black Cat being that good of a thief that she can navigate all of Doctor Strange's magical defenses. But you know she's insulted by Strange calling her a common thief. Well, um, thief, yes, common. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I, at this point, if I was Strange, I would have some level of respect for Black Cat, just, just for my own self-esteem. Because, like, if I'm the Sorcerer Supreme and all of my stuff is getting stolen, I'd like to think that the person stealing it is at least not a common thief. You know, like you say. No. And she has her uh, bad luck powers. If she wanted to, she could have given Strange like a personal rainstorm or something. Yeah, she doesn't really use those anymore, does she? She's mostly just kind of swinging about. Nah, she relies more on her charm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, who else? Who else we got Norman Osborn? Yeah, just for a little bit, like when he, when he's not getting beat up by MJ. Yeah, so the sticking to this, uh, his sins were removed, and he's remorseful, and he wants to like make it up to Harry, and he wants to stop him. They're sticking with it. They're committing to the bit so far. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, because it seems like a, you know, po- like poor Norman. Although you don't really want to root for him most of the time. Yeah, I I, I think. I mean, I I don't. It's it's an interesting way of doing it because they've kind of like forced him to be good. He doesn't. Well, yeah, he's brain he's brainwashed. I think. Um, is that the ethic that we're going for? Like we did last week. Yeah, he is brainwashed. But then also he's got this deal with Mephisto as well, which affects his or Harry's and slash or Harry's decision making. So maybe by purging the sins, it makes him. But I don't know. Um. No, I think there's a reason why his wife left him and then faked her death. Yeah, that's fair. He's not a good dude. And yeah, historically, not got a lot in his favor. And yeah, I guess we'll just see how um, how this pans out. Oh, um, oh yeah, I wanted to uh, go back to the order for a minute where um, on the news, um, even though we saw them demonize on the panel, I think on the news cameras, they look like normal 
the, the way I just saw that was like maybe like Nora Winters just couldn't get a good enough shot with her camera yeah. to like get close up and see the tongues and teeth and stuff yeah. to like realize that they were possessed. Oh, but even though they're already well established heroes, um, they well, Winters calls them a cult. Yeah, that that seems strange to me. Like I feel like you'd you'd know like Jessica Drew has been on the Avengers, Miles has been on the Avengers, like these are characters like these are costumes that people would recognize um but maybe there's just yeah i don't know but yet to call them spider-man impersonators yeah that was that was pretty harsh i think it's just for um you know um the media but like just to call them impersonators though although the cult part well the order of the web does sound like a cult name yeah it does it, it definitely is it, it sounds way more yeah yeah I, I don't know what's going on on that all the only people i think who would perform rituals like a cult would on the team would be madam webb and anya yeah they have that kind of vibe but the others are less that way so yeah i i i don't know the branding could always be workshopped yeah i guess it's just because Nora just wanted something for the media yeah that's fair um and um Else we got we got a little bit more Sinita. There's the Spider Island virus in this. Um, that's cool. And how there's vials left over, even though the smart thing would have been to destroy. Although they said it's for research purposes. They do this with, uh, they've done this with smallpox, right? That's a completely eliminated virus, but they still keep samples of it, um, so that they can uh, produce, like again for research, produce, um like medicines and stuff for it should it ever resurge in some place in the world or something so um th there's, there's reasons for that yeah but you know the only cure for uh, the spider island virus was the anti-venom symbiote and that's been destroyed yeah it has although in fairness it doesn't last too long here like because they all get killed pretty quick um essentially right yeah, because um, he's using them as bait for Moreland, who um, who hasn't been seen since Spider Geddon, because he was locked up with the police. The only one who wasn't turned into a baby just because he was in lockup and this and escaped, and then went to live in the sewers. I kind of find it funny how um, the only one who not turned into a baby is bad with babies. What about uh, what about Verna? Did she get? Didn't she get killed? Well, the only living inheritor. <laughs> Okay, uh, so, yeah, right, okay, so, right, so, um, Morlin, how did he escape? That's my question, how did he escape from whatever prison he was in? Probably off-panel, because it shows in 51LR, I think, him slaughtering the police. Right, okay, that makes sense. Um, and then he just lives in the sewers. Yeah. Um, like eating literal spiders, which is not pretty much... Um, a different thing he was doing back when he was trapped in the radioactive earth. Yeah, that bad girl's diet. Because what is he supposed to do? Go to the surface and have Taco Bell? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm sure there's like some obscure place in New York which sells like gourmet insect food or something. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if something like that existed. Well, technically, you know, because of uh, factories and stuff, all candy and chocolate have like a trait only traces of insects. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's 
<laughs> That's true. They're not allowed to legally say that they cut. They don't have. Yeah, maybe if he ate a lot of of chocolate, then venom style. That that would. I don't know. Is this this poor guy is is literally he's hiding out, living off spiders, and and he he gets that whiff of of like the spider island, and and I presume he's also like been able to detect the other spiders, but he's just he considers himself too weak to take them on at this point. Or it's probably because the spider island victims are in closer proximity. Yeah, like I, I I had that kind of kind of vibe. But yeah, also on the other hand, it's um if he did find the order, it's five versus one. It is. He's he's probably got like some kind of residual like hesitancy to take on spiders as readily after taking two successive defeats to them, so So I'm guessing um third time is not the charm. Yeah. Um yeah, like I mean he got beaten but he well, we'll see what happens next. So without <laughs> yeah. me spoiling it. Uh, speaking yeah. of Sin Eater uh is yeah yeah so he's 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 yeah he's uh he's still desperate for kindred's approval he's still on that mission he's just doing it without his blessing now um so we'll see what happens with that yeah he even gets more into the religious connotation yeah yeah that's always fun that's always fun i think the expenses yeah he he, he does a lot of like biblical sounding dialogue actually i was i can't remember what it was, i was reading another thing that was yeah it was interesting um like he, he like, quotes like like John three sixteen saying something like uh, regarding Norman Osborne one of the, one of the lines that um, Kindred makes is like Norman loved himself so much that he gave his only begotten son or something and I thought that was smart. Yeah. Um, but don't yeah, you notice that um, the only flaw in his new plan to steal Morland's powers is that um, ironically he's plotting against Kindred because Kindred needs the Order alive. Yeah, I I don't. I, I really I get really confused as to like the internal logic of it where he needs certain people alive at certain times. You know, there's that whole trope of um like vil- of the villain defeating the hero, leaving them alive, and just like going away. Like there's so much of that. Like that is all that Kindred does. Is he is perfectly capable of defeating all of these characters, but he just doesn't, and I don't get it. Well, they're well, they're twin demons who answer to a uh, Mephisto. So there is that. There is that. Um, yeah. Um, so I, I guess that wraps up our thoughts. We did. We got a, a Twitter reply um, for this episode, uh, didn't we? Yeah, it comes from uh, Abe like Scooby, or is it Abe Love Scooby? Yes, Abe. I I remember Abe. Abe follows me on on Twitter. Yeah, I, I follow Abe as well. We're moots um, on Twitter. Abe's, Abe's, Abe's nice. Um, and they had this to say, uh, missed opportunity in using the order of the web and missed opportunity to be good. I jest, but also not really. End quote. Um, which is, yeah, like, honestly, I just feel like there's a lot of uh, uh, potential in the order of the web concept, at least to like set up something else, at least if not to use them well here. Um, and yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. yeah, this could have also been a stealth pilot for them to have their own mini series. Yeah, like the LR issues are just so preoccupied with like the 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 demon possession and like the trauma of Pete that they like forget yeah. to properly set up the order of the web stuff almost. Yeah, they were too busy running around breaking stuff. Yeah, uh, which is a shame. And and it yeah, honestly, there is stuff here that felt like it could have been good, but but alas. But anyway, we're gonna get all of that when we get to part three in the next episode. 
Yep. Yeah. We we're we're, fin- we're finishing the deed. We are we are ending our last remains read through. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be pretty exciting. Well, it's gonna be more relief for you. <laughs> it is. I'm. Yeah. The like. I'm. I'm. I see the light at the end of the tunnel now. No, this is ripping off the last band aid. When um, next episode. Yeah. Okay. Right. For yeah. So yeah. For our next episode, it's the exciting conclusion of our last remains read through. Exciting. <laughs> well, exciting for you mostly because um, it's gonna be the part where it ends. Yes. Absolutely. So yeah, those issues are gonna be uh fifty to four to fifty seven. And then 53LR to number 54LR. So it's the final six issues of Last Remains. Yep. And then, you know, as always, we're going to put links in the description of where to buy and where to read it. Marvel Unlimited is the cheapest legal way to get your comics. And we do do this as a book club. So if you guys had any questions or if you wanted to send in any of your thoughts about the show, you can email us at ghostspidergroupies at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter at GS Groupies. And we also have a coffee page. If you want to chuck in a few bucks to help us pay for the cost of the distribution, that would be most appreciated. Yes, please. Okay, so for this week's episode, I've been Abigail. And I've been Pax. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.